This is Generations. My name is Kevin Swanson, Steve Vaughn. Also with me, he's board member for Generations in our parent company, Christian Home Educators of Colorado. And I love history. I think that's obvious, Steve. Um, mm-hmm. You do too. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm rewriting our world history course, all 1,200 pages of it right now. So, it's you know, I'm deep into the middle of, well, the medieval period at this point. <laughs> um, but I believe that history is important. It's absolutely important. Uh, yes. You know, history is the word of God. Uh, the, the gospel is history. Jesus coming in history. That's history. And so, you know, you say, well, is history important? I think it's the most important subject that we teach our children based on the fact that the word of God contains so much history and the gospel itself is a historical account of Jesus who enters our world history, dies on the cross for our sins, rises again on the third day, three days later, 72 hours later. And what is the news? Now, we we have a worldview in five minutes program. That's the news. Now, the news is what? The news is the last 24 hours of world history. That's what it is. So that's why it's important. I think we should convey it. Now, I don't think you should be a newsaholic. We have some folks who turn into newsaholics, and they seem to be just riveted to everything that man is doing. So, so history becomes the record of man's accomplishments and what man is doing versus history as seen from a perspective of God's works, God's judgments, God's mercies on nations, that God is sovereign, his hands are all over it. Uh, see, there's two different perspectives, and that's why, of course, you want to get worldview in five minutes if you're a Christian. And, you know, Fox News does not believe this. That's not Fox News's worldview. It's not CNN's worldview. The right worldview is a God-centered worldview of what is going on. Yes, history is important, but seen from the perspective of God's word and seeing from the perspective of God's sovereign works in everything that works its way out in human history. All right. Well, that's an introduction to history. Shifts occurring in Europe right now. Poland, it turns out, was the first country in Europe to legalize abortion in 1932, actually shortly after Russia. But now it turns out Poland is repenting of this, which is very interesting. First country to legalize abortion in 1932. Now they're backtracking. Poland is the epicenter of Europe's abortion debate after implementing a near-total ban in 2020. When the top court of the nation of Poland ruled pregnancies could not be terminated due to fetal defects. Also, Hungary, Viktor Orban, his government has tied extra funds for hospitals to the condition that they do not perform abortions. That's recent. Also, Russia is swinging a bit pro-life. Now, Russia had the highest abortion rate in the world for a very long time, with maybe the exception of Greenland. But now they've backed off of it. The Russian government has announced plans to restrict the use of abortion-inducing drugs, like mifepristone. The uh, decision will specifically impact the pharmaceutical sale and distribution of those drugs. All right, so uh, this year Russia is on track at this to have less abortions than the United States. Again, for 75 years, Russia was the abortion capital of the world. (laughs) So what's happening? Well, Hungary, Poland, Russia backing off. Which may mean, I don't know, maybe the mercy of God is coming down upon Eastern Europe. It's interesting that Eastern Europe is going that direction, whereas the rest of Europe is going a bad direction, more or less. You Think about what's going on 
in the UK, forcing Northern Ireland to take a pro-abortion stance. It was just, what, a year or two ago. And that was really the capstone. That was the final move to bring infanticide back to the Christian world after 1,200 years of an obliteration of abortion and infanticide from the entire Western Christian world. Now, the post-Christian apostate world finished the job with the UK wrapping it up in 2021. Well, now Italy and France are moving anti-immigration, just trying to keep the Muslims out. The Muslims uh, knocked on the gates in AD 732, but Charles the Hammer, Martel, put an end to that at Tours. Then um, the Muslims knocked on the gates again in AD 1565 out there in Malta. Remember that? And then the Knights Hospitaller uh, stopped them there. And then now they've uh, knocked on the gates and they've actually walked in to France, Italy, and these other places. And there really is no stopping them at this point. Now, arguably, the worst situation now in Europe is turning out to be Germany and England. A Christian school in uh, Germany has been shuttered by the German government, appeals to uh, European Court of Human Rights. It was the Dietrich Bonhoeffer International School, which had supplementary school opportunities for those that were learning at home. Uh, but that was closed. That's been closed. And it was named. It turned out that school was named. That was a Christian school of some sort, or at least a school that was allowed for some Christian material. But uh, it was named after Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was ex- executed by the Third Reich in 1945 after being accused of playing a role in the failed July 20th assassination plot against Hitler. Bonhoeffer's mother, it turns out, refused to send her children to German public schools when they were very young, choosing instead to homeschool them. Now, remember that public school attendance was compulsory in Germany in 1920, and Hitler ultimately abolished primary schools run by churches uh, while he was in power. So now, of course, that legacy of Adolf Hitler is continuing now in modern Germany today. England is also moving left. Uh, The Labour Party is about to take over. It appears poll sampling voter intentions in the next UK general election show Labour parties overwhelmingly leading the Conservative Party in England. And here's the here's the key. And we're going to get to this in just a moment, Steve. Uh, the Labour Party is targeting misgendering as a very important aspect of their agenda coming up. And again, they're they're assuming they're going to pull out 47 percent support with conservatives far behind at 27 percent in the upcoming elections. Well, the, the Labor Party has said that those who use the wrong pronoun or uh, names of others who uh, claim to have you know, changed their gender from boy to girl and girl to boy, if, they, if, if anybody does that, they re- use the wrong pronouns or names of others intentionally could face prison sentences, two years, talking about two years in prison. Labor Party secretaries quoted, Labor will strengthen the law to ensure the perpetrators of anti-LGBTQ plus hate can no longer dodge longer sentences and our fully funded plan to recruit 13,000 more neighborhood police and community support officers would only increase safety for everyone involved. Okay, that's Labor Party. According to the survey for Redfield and Wilton Strategies, 44% of those aged 25 to 34 in this country think referring to someone by the wrong gender pronoun should be a criminal offense versus just 31% who disagree with that. So that's in this country. Apparently, England is just a little bit further left on this issue. Uh, Former aide to Margaret Thatcher said this whole thing is insane. A far left labor government will be truly Orwellian and dominated by woke extremism. So that's what we're to expect in England right now, comments 
on that, Steve, before we take a break? Yeah, England's been going downhill for quite some time. Uh, I've been keeping up on like their abortion laws and the buffer zone around abortion clinics where you can uh, be arrested for praying silently in your head in the buffer zone because that was seen as an act of violence. Uh, just yesterday, I think it was, a pastor was holding up a sign that uh, from Psalm 139 that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. He was arrested for that. Yeah, see, they've been doing that kind of stuff for the last number of years. Now, oftentimes they don't win in courts, but the police do it just to terrorize. I think that's the point. They're doing their best to terrorize and to to stop it. Then the police, of course, are not held responsible for, for their arrests. They just arrest people right and left. Whenever somebody offends somebody else by taking a stance for righteousness in the public forum, uh, yeah, they're going to get arrested uh, by the police in uh, in London. However, it's interesting the courts typically just let them go. But still, it's a form of persecution. You agree with that? Yeah, it is. Definitely a form of persecution. But there are good, strong Christians that are standing up to this and saying, look, if we lose, my, if I lose my right to hold up a sign, if I lose my right to silently pray in my head, then everybody's rights are gone. Yeah. Well, J.K. Rowling is packing her bags. <laughs> For two years in the county jail in England, and we're going to get to that in just a moment on Generation. Stay with me. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we're back on Generations. Kevin Swanson with you as well. Steve Hahn. J.K. Rowling's back in the news. And, well, she's, she's just standing on this transgender issue she's she's not budging one little bit on this crazy insanity of the modern world where she says she's ready to go to prison for two years then to repeat the lie that trans women are women so she says she said i'd happily do two years if the alternative is compelled speech and forced denial of the reality of importance and sex bring on the court case i say it'd be more fun than i've ever had on the red carpet she somebody somebody wrote back to her on her X um, 
entry and said, see you on the inside. I quite fancy the kitchens. She said, I'm hoping for the library, obviously. <laughs> I think I could do okay in the kitchens. And she says, uh, well, you know, I, I hope it's not the laundry. She says, laundry might be a problem for me. <laughs> I have a tendency to shrink stuff, turn it pink accidentally, that kind of thing. <laughs> Guessing that won't be an issue if it's mostly scrubs and sheets, though. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, interesting alliances being made on something like this, uh, that you've got somebody who is usually seen as more liberal saying, look, this is just craziness. There's no way that we should be calling a man, a woman or a woman, a man. It's ironic that I took JK Rowling to task back in 2007 for introducing the LGBT movement into pop culture and outing Dumbledore, Harry Potter's mentor. That was back in 2007. And I do believe she was the one responsible for cracking the door on this. Now she was a little upset with me, but, uh, but now she's, herself being consumed by the beast she let loose on society herself you know she 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 brought this frankenstein out now now it's going after her so it's interesting you know and then maybe there's a bit of repentance going on here i don't know do you think that's possible oh anything's possible with god well yeah i don't i don't see a, a christian basis for what she's saying she's not referring to deuteronomy you know chapter 22 on this one but she is uh she's taking a position and you know kudos kudos at least somebody is willing to go to jail over the truth yeah that's kind of refreshing if you think about it yeah it is and and i think if she does end up in jail this will be a huge media hype and this could bring this whole issue to the forefront you know god god can use anybody god used the babylonians uh, God can use anybody to spread his truth because he's God. Steve, imagine going to jail for calling a giraffe a giraffe. <laughs> yeah. And and refusing to call a hippo a lion. That's just insanity. Is I mean, am I using hyperbole here or is this insaneville US? 2024 i i don't think it's just insane u.s i you know we've, we've talked about this before typically it's like one nation at a time that goes really wacko but uh we've got pretty much the whole world it's it's few nations that are actually standing up to anything and so you know mo more notably you know, poland and hungary uh, you've got other countries that have uh, fought against the LGBT uh, uh, zeitgeist, and they are trying to make laws prohibiting those uh, marriages or mirages of those types of things. But it's most of the world right now that has gone insane. What it looks like is that freedom of speech is over in England sometime next year, in the year 2024, uh, at least sometime after the next election. And here, we can't be silent. Whatever they do with this whole freedom of speech, throw you in jail for 60 days, whatever it is, who cares? We can't be silent here. We need to be more obnoxious, not less obnoxious. When it comes to truth, as a Christian, are we to live by lies? Again, referring to the Rod Dreher comment, are, are we to live by lies? If somebody put a gun to your head and says, black is white, white is black, say amen. What do you do? You don't say amen. You don't agree. 
You said, no. It's just wrong. That's a lie. That's a lie. And just keep saying that that's another lie. And that would be another lie. That's just deception. Isaiah 5 and verse 20 speaks directly to this, Stephen. I just want to read this one more time because this is the kind of thing that's happening in our world around us today. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. Woe to them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. If that isn't what these people are, I don't know what is. Woe to them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Boy, isn't that what's happening in almost every one of our international governments and national governments today? It's rebellion against God's law order. Now, I think when you argue these things on things like the transgender, somebody asked me, what do you do when one of your children is moving in this direction? What do you do? The first thing you do is, is go to the fundamental the foundational issue. This isn't just a matter of a boy pretending to be a girl so he can use the girl's restroom. This is something more than that. And I think we need to go down deeper. We need to get down into the fact that this is rebellion against God. This is shaking a fist in the face of the creator himself. This is, this is rebellion against God's law order at the most fundamental level. This is denying God's right to be God and displacing him, this is saying, no, no, I will not worship the creator. I will worship the creature. I will worship myself. And what we need to do is we need to stand up and say, "Uh uh-uh, you're not God. You did not create yourself. Nobody, no human created anything. You can't define yourself. You, You can't define your sexuality. You can't define your gender. You can't define your constitution, your own ethics, your own truth. You can't define yourself as a giraffe. You can't define yourself as Napoleon. This is just sheer rebellion against God. This is discontentment with the way that God made you. This is ungratefulness to God at its very root. And y'all need to repent of that. And to the extent that any of us has given way to any of this sin, We all need to repent of this and turn to Jesus Christ who came to die on the cross in order that he might save us from these sins. So that's what we need to do, first and foremost. Get down into the foundations before we even talk about whether it's appropriate to change your gender. Let's talk about, you know, these fundamentals. And I think we haven't done enough of that. So here's the final question I I want to throw out on this edition. What do you do in the workplace? Okay, you're working for, you know, Woke Incorporated, and they require you to use the preferred gender pronoun for your fellow employees. What do you do? So I think you have a couple options. Number one, I think you can just keep referring to the person according to their God-given gender. You could call them by their last name. Hey, hey, Johnson, I need some help here. Johnson's working the injection molding machine over there and, and never use the pronoun. Of course, you can use the second person singular. You'd like you'd refer to Johnson as Johnson. Hey, you, Johnson, you, you could do that. Or you could quit your job and start your own business. If the business environment gets too wokey, too stifling, too restrictive. Hey, you know, the writing is on the wall anyway for companies like that. They're going under and you know it. You know it. They're going under. They always do. 
And then the final thing I would say, Stephen, and you can jump in here as well on this, but I want to throw out this as well. It's important to distinguish between an institution, the institutional zeitgeist, the powerful principalities and powers that are you know, mandating these particular systems and putting them in place versus interacting with individuals. And I do think it's important for us to make this distinction. Because remember, you've got to get out there and witness the gospel to lost people. Now, you got to ask yourself, who are these people that are attempting the transgender or something like that? Well, they're lost. They're just lost. They're extremely lost. They're very, very lost. They've cut off what little connection they had with reality. They're four feet from the gates of hell. They've lost the grip on their identity and on the reality of who they are themselves, on rationality. Uh, God has given them up to a corrupted mind. That's Romans 1. They're caught in a web of lies. They, they're walking in darkness. They, they lie right there in the grip of the devil. They live their lives of quiet desperation, always about five minutes away from committing suicide. So now I'm just giving some descriptives here to, to help you to understand. I mean, you might add more or subtract some of these, but, but you just need to define and describe the people who are there are very lost, very needy. They need the gospel. And then, and then ask questions of them. Find out how they got to where they are today. Ask them if they have any hope. Ask them about peace and joy and love. And have they ever been loved by their own parents? And do they know what love is? Or, you know, ask a variety of questions of, of these folks and then tell them your story. Start at the beginning, start at Genesis 1, and then work your way into the gospel. So that's key. You know, the masses are being destroyed by the system today. But, but by God's grace, you're not destroyed, and you can stand there right four feet away from the gates of hell, and you can talk to these people. So that's the final point, I think, uh, I, I want to lay out. Anything else? Yeah, Steve? what you just described is speak the truth in love. There's a big difference between just speaking the truth and speaking the truth in love. With agape love, you're seeking their best interest in the sight of God and according to biblical standards. That's what it means to speak the truth in love. You can tell them the truth and do so to uh, to their detriment, insulting them and, and things like that. But that's what they need is exactly what you said. They need the love of God. They need the love of God that is in you, that is working through you. They need the fruit of the Spirit that is going through you to them. So speak the truth in love. I should write that down. That That's really good. Speak the truth in love. Yeah. Oh, wait, that comes from the book of Ephesians. Somewhere, somewhere in doesn't there. It? Yeah. <laughs> Just go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> okay. Well, that wraps up the Generations broadcast. Friends, I uh, encourage you to our book, Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, to better understand uh, where we are, how we got here. Uh, available at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.